it's time to talk Viva, and we're not talking city or pinatas. Happy Friday, friends. We are now, well, about a week into February. We're The month of January is thankfully behind us. We are now getting closer to the, the warmer months here, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. And hopefully you had a good week. And it has been an interesting week as per usual in the tech world. It's been, I don't know, we'll just kick it off here with Viva. Viva, and it's not Las Vegas, and it's also not that Xbox 360 title, Viva Piñata, uh, which would have been an interesting cover art for this podcast, but uh, here we are. Anyways, so Microsoft announced Viva. Now, this is the next major feature, if you will, coming to Microsoft 365, and it's effectively taking your intranet and ramming it into Teams. That's what would happen if those two things run a highway and collided, because that's what this is. Now, Viva is going to be made up of, like, four different modules called Connections, Insights, Learning, and Topics, and there might be more modules later. And, of course, Microsoft will be selling these as an additional subscription to your Microsoft 365 uh, E5, more than likely. Um, I'm sure you can get it on other tiers, uh, starting at potentially $5 a month, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, what this is doing is taking a mashup of technologies Microsoft already has, like SharePoint, Stream, uh, My Analytics in some cases, and putting them inside of different modules inside of Teams, and they're calling this feature Viva. Um, it, when I first saw this, I was like, this feels like SharePoint home sites just in a little wrapper inside of Teams. It honestly kind of is in some capacity. But Microsoft is making a big deal about this. They claim that this is a $300 billion market. They're calling this the uh, Employee Experience Platform, or EXP. And regardless if you like it or don't like it, get used to it because Microsoft is going to be pushing Viva a lot and it's going to be uh, just sort of a, a bubbling up of all these technologies and making them a little bit more useful because in, to some extent I do agree with Microsoft that hey they have a lot of these platforms and they're all over the place and some some are first party some are third party and finding all this content can be quite challenging and Microsoft knows that you're already living inside of Teams and so they are going to you know, just shove it into Teams. Now it does raise some questions about what the upper bound of complexity is that Teams is capable of absorbing but Microsoft is full steam ahead Head of turning Teams more so than just a messaging and collaboration app into this whole productivity OS. And so uh, it's really obvious why they're doing that, because if you're running Teams on, say, an iPad or an and or a Chromebook, then you have your whole productivity OS with you, regardless of Windows. This is Microsoft decoupling their productivity software holistically from the OS, so that if the OS is swapped out for any other component, Teams still operates and just runs the whole Office experience, which is really good for Microsoft, and it gives them a pretty big hedge against Windows not always being around. So. Uh, be on the lookout for Viva. It is just starting to roll out. It's entering in preview. There's a lot of questions that are still kind of unknown. We don't know the full licensing. We only know that the first module is going to cost five bucks a month, but we don't know what the additional modules are. Uh, we also don't know when Microsoft will announce pricing for them. I'm sure there will be bundles. And this is where it gets somewhat oh, less than transparent because when it comes to licensing pricing, um, enterprises pay one thing uh, actually probably on almost like an individual company basis pays one thing and the small and medium-sized businesses will pay probably the full price because if you're a big enterprise and you're paying microsoft lots of money they'll sell you this for i'm making this up for a dollar a month 50 cents a month actually we know in education it's only like a dollar for a teacher and like 50 cents or 75 cents 
something around that pricing for students. So it's already you know shifted a little bit there. Um, but pricing will be what you can weasel out of your salesperson and, and, and whittle that down unless you're a small business. And then those instances, you're almost always paying full price, which always puts small businesses at a disadvantage is the large enterprise when it comes to volume licensing. But you know, that's, that's a different sort of thing. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I, I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it. A absolutely not. Uh, it's just, it, it, I was honestly hoping that it was just going to be included in E5 because it's already technologies you're already paying for, just sort of repackaged and put inside of Teams and, and some hilarious aspects. Teams is SharePoint, right? It's built on SharePoint and it uses a lot of SharePoint components. Now this is SharePoint inside of SharePoint. So it's a, a SharePoint, SharePoint skew um, at the end of the day in, in some underlying technology regards. It's an interesting play. It's an interesting play. Uh, the other sort of interesting play here is that this sort of takes on Qualtrics. Uh, Qualtrics has similar products, and that's where Brad Anderson, who was just leading Microsoft 365, is now over at. And so, you know, the whole world is uh, uh, circling back again. So we will keep that in mind. Um, other interesting things that I think are worth pointing out. So there was a leaked quote. Now, I asked Microsoft for confirmation on this, and they would not they would not comment. They, they just declined to comment. Uh, it was from Business Insider. Got a quote from a leaked internal presentation and says, "There's now a hundred million students using Teams, which is phenomenal. That is fantastic for Microsoft. Uh, but there's a better narrative here that I think that the BI potentially missed. Is if you go back to like 2012, somewhere around there, Microsoft has been trying to build like this lightweight Chromebook, Chromebook, Chromebook." OS like competitor um, or like an iPad competitor and it started out as like Windows RT and then we have Windows 10s and though both of those just failed spectacularly and Microsoft is once again trying again with Windows 10x and I think they might be more optimistic with 10x and some of the other initiatives that being said, the reason why I bring this up is several years ago, it was very much assumed that Microsoft was absolutely getting slaughtered in the education space. They were losing the hardware, and since they were losing the hardware, that means they were also losing the software, which means that G Suite and, and iWork were going to be the absolute future, and that's what all these kids were learning, and so Microsoft was screwed. Um, but that doesn't really appear to be the case, because if if true, Microsoft saying that they have 100 million students using Teams, that is a massive quantity of users, not to mention that they've also said they have two 200 million users of education products. Uh, that was an official quote from Microsoft, which means that they have ability to add another 100 million students, you know, rough math, uh, to their team's productivity suite, which is honestly really good for Microsoft. And so the, the point of this is, is that while Microsoft really did miss out on the hardware space and they continued, they announced last month, like these 150 to $300 uh, PCs for education that are just really low end. They continue to not do well in the hardware space in education, but they continue to do exceptionally well in the software space, which is a really good thing. And the only reason I bring that up again is that for four or five years, it was really talked about how Microsoft was just completely missing the boat on education. And so it looks like they have done a good job of clawing their way back in and no surprise teams has been the catalyst for that uh, and obviously everything happening in this past year in the education sector likely elevated and uh, uh, pushed that through a little bit faster than maybe it would have previously um, other things happening office lens has been renamed to microsoft lens i know some people were losing sleep over that just kidding uh, microsoft ignite part two is happening march two through four, so March 2nd through the 4th. And as you might be able to guess by, you know, the topic at the, op the top of the podcast, if I could enunciate, is that Viva is more than likely going to be a massive component of that. I would be shocked. It's going to be like how to get it set up, how to build things for it, how to deploy it, how to manage users with Viva. I would imagine that is all going to be baked into uh, Ignite, which will be coming here in a little less than a month. Now, there were also some big headlines this week that Microsoft is 
that Microsoft is reportedly planning special virtual events for Windows Gaming and Cloud. That is absolutely true. Microsoft literally sent uh, an email that says we are planning virtual events for Windows Gaming and Cloud. Uh, that is, so there, there's no insider information there. Like it, it came from Microsoft to the press and said that, hey, this stuff is happening. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We don't quite know what they're going to be. Uh, their first event, I'm potentially, I don't know if it was this Viva one, is falls into that bucket. Uh, but be on the lookout for this. Microsoft is obviously just changing things up again, mostly because they don't have a, they don't know exactly when in-person events are going to be happening again. Um, but they're doing these virtual events to make sure that their narratives continue. And they're going to be cloud gaming uh, and Windows focused. And I would imagine that Windows 1 is going to be pretty self-explanatory based on Windows 10X uh, and potentially Sun Valley information as well. So just be on the lookout for that. Uh, other big like things happening in the industry is Apple's VR headset via the information is supposed to be or supposed to have two 8K displays, lots of cameras, and do some AR, VR, mixed reality things. It potentially looks interesting. This is Apple doing Apple it's expected to cost around $3,000. Now, I want to get fixated on the price because Apple could uh, uh, Apple could supplement that and push the price down. The only thing I can really draw it a comparable to is look at the HoloLens. Microsoft's HoloLens has been out for a couple years and still sells for around that pricing. Microsoft has done a pretty good job at least finding applications in the enterprise space. They've, they haven't pushed it down to the consumer level yet. It's just not there. Um, they AR and VR are, while they're closely related, like the, the technologies there are pretty different. Now, if based on what we know, if Apple is just taking uh, eight cameras and, and remapping or, or you know streaming in video, that is an easier solution, at least in my opinion, um, to replicate a, a VR or AR experience than what Microsoft is doing with HoloLens, where they're literally injecting light uh, into your eyeballs um, via lasers and other fun. I don't know if it's actually lasers. I shouldn't say that. Uh, but they're pushing light into your eyeballs to create these experiences. Two different approaches. Uh, we'll see. And again, we got to wait and see what Apple actually does. It, it's expected to potentially launch this year, but this thing has been on the table for a while. And so there we go. Um, Jeff Bezos also stepping down at Amazon. Interesting timing. Um, Amazon has been under investigation for antitrust for a while. They've got some like union stuff going on. And so he is stepping down to spend more time with his money. And uh, I'm sure he'll have fun launching rockets with Elon and uh, writing newspapers and, and whatever else he's planning to do. Anyways, the... The person in charge of AWS, Amazon's most profitable business line, I believe, at least that is a large category, uh, will be taking over as CEO, I believe, in the summer. So uh, the other sort of little interesting maybe factoid to point out here is that of like the major tech companies, so you have Microsoft, Google, um, Facebook, and Amazon, uh, the only founder CEO who's remaining at the company is Zuck, right? Everybody else who have founded these companies in the late 90s, early 2000s um, has now left. Now, granted, Microsoft was founded in the 70s, so maybe that's not a great comparison. But anyways, uh, Zuck is the only one left, I believe, of those major companies that we consider. And same with Apple too, right? Um, obviously, we know what happened there. So spinning it on over to the gaming news of the week, not as massive of announcements um, this week as we've seen in some other weeks. I guess it depends on what side of the coin you're on. But Sony shipped uh, 4.5 million PlayStation 5s, had a record gaming revenue of around $8 billion. Uh, the Xbox Series S and X supply will continue to be constrained until 
mid-2021. Uh, we kind of already got that feeling. The other big news, only because it's been a reoccurring theme here and I kind of kicked some of those rumors off, is that Gearbox has sold for $1.3 billion. Now, Microsoft was absolutely looking at Gearbox and I don't know why those things may have fallen apart. They may not have wanted Randy to join the company or something along those lines. Um, but anyways, Gearbox has sold for $1.3 billion, another massive gaming exit, if you will. And so I believe it was THQ Nordic uh, uh, bought them, if I remember correctly. But anyway, so Microsoft was looking at them. It's not the only company that Microsoft has been looking at lately in this sort of high-class, uh, expensive caliber acquisition space. And I'm not talking about Bethesda. So we'll see if anything else um, you know, comes out of those conversations, but we will see. Uh, also, sort of somewhat surprising, but this is a good thing for anybody using Game Pass, uh, the Falconeer. Uh, you can go play your Bird of Prey you can go get that on Game Pass. Actually, today it came out on the 4th, and so you can go grab that. And uh, another little fun, you know, memory junk, if you will, is that GoldenEye, there's an, there was an Xbox 360 remastered version. Now, remember, it came out on the N64. So this is, uh, I believe, a 2008 project that was canceled due to licensing. Uh, the ROM has actually fully leaked online. If you want to go play that uh, remastered version, um, you can. And it, it, the graphics aren't great. They're, they're 2008 graphics, but they're better than what was on the N64. I would still, I would love to see the, uh, a full remastered happen here in 2021. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. If they couldn't get the licensing rights back then, you may not be able to get them uh, today. So we will, we will, we'll see, but I, I'm not holding my breath for that one. So jumping over to the questions of the week, which are always my favorite part. Actually, a lot of good ones this week. Um, I did pre-read a few of them right before this podcast got started. Uh, so kicking things off here with Mr. PKI says, I think you need a gaming question this week. Are you a Halo Infinite Insider and helping them test the beta release so it does not turn into Cyberpunk 2077 release? Um, I think we all know that I probably would not be allowed to ever touch Infinite before it got launched. They already refute everything that I say anyways, so I can't imagine that they wouldn't. But to answer your question explicitly, no, I'm not a Halo Infinite insider. And I don't think I don't think Halo Infinite will be a Cyberpunk 2077 release. The only reason I say that is it would have been that type of a release if it actually launched in November. Now they've given themselves a full extra year. Um, I think that they will be able to get things polished up here. So if... Uh, if they don't, that will be really, really awkward. Hey, BS, uh, JLV6032 says, or 632 says, I think in your show last fortnight, you made mention you saw a next iteration of the Service Connect port, and my reaction was, what the heck? Microsoft built another proprietary port? Um, surely with basic USB-C power on the Surface Pro 7, laptop 3 on forwards, USB-C is the way forward, and once Thunderbolt 4 gets the mass adoption, Service Connect will just go away. So... There's there's a lot of things here. So there is a second generation Surface Connect port, but it looks exactly like the Surface Connect port that we're already using. That's also backwards and forwards compatible. It's already available on these devices. They announced that oh, a couple last year or the year before. It just improved band, increased bandwidth, and allowed you to run two 4K displays. I believe at 60 hertz. And there's also it works with the Surface Dock 2, if I remember correctly. Um, now I don't disagree that USB-C slash Thunderbolt 4 um, is the way forward. We will get, Microsoft will get there eventually, but the problem is, is that they sell, I believe, most of their Surface hardware, if not most, if around half at least in the enterprise space. And the enterprise space has a lot of Surface hardware and they don't have the ability to just switch over to ports. So it's going to have to be a phase in um, where you can either use one or the other. Now we might already be there or be there close, but for enterprise customers, having that Surface Connect port is really important because they already, well, I was going to say this thing, it's not a charger, uh, but they already have tons of chargers. They already have tons of docks and they don't have to go replace all that because that is a pretty expensive barrier to overcome rather than just swapping out the hardware so it will eventually come um but it's not it's just not there yet 
Palugatha says, Microsoft is planning a special event for Windows sometime, is it in February? I think. Is it possible we could see preview builds around the same time for Sun Valley in it? Um, I don't know if it is in February or not. It, it, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just, I don't know explicitly if it is. But I believe that event will be targeted to Windows 10X and I believe they will be potentially showing off uh, Sun Valley would be included in that. Uh, Dave Ramos Jr. says, uh, XSS, so Xbox Series S memory question. Do you have any take on the expansion of the memory being a limiting factor for this generation of gaming? In an article uh, this past week, Riftbreaker Dev mentions it doesn't look like it will require that much work to be running well at 1080p on the Xbox Series S, which is awesome. But the developer goes on to say the amount of available memory is a determining factor in a lot of cases when we think about the size of game worlds or how many things can be happening at any given time. That is that is absolutely true um, memory is always going to be the limiting capacity and memory not the not the storage memory but the ram i believe ex, ex, uh, explicitly is always the limiting factor on how many things can be happening yes there's a lot more ram in the uh the next generation consoles but we also have a lot more features right there's ray tracing um you're also looking at higher resolution so while there is more ram there's also more assets eating up the available uh, the capacity that is available there so He's not the the developer. The developer is absolutely correct that the RAM memory RAM slash memory will always be the limiting factor of how many things you can put out there. I'm, I I don't take it demeaning that this is actually going to be holding back the consoles. It's just the reality of development, right? You can only load so much into the RAM, and that is always um, going to be the upper bound of what is potentially possible. Now, there's a lot of fancy tricks that these individuals can use. Uh, it's things with page files and allocating some of the storage to act like RAM in certain scenarios. So uh, there's a lot of we are very, in my opinion, we are pretty far away from hitting anything close to a capacity limit uh, on these next generation consoles. Uh, JTDWAB says, uh, with more details of Apple's VR Air glasses coming out, have you heard if Microsoft has a HoloLens 3 in the works? Do they have a HoloLens 3 in the works? They absolutely do. Um, do I know when it's coming? Not, not exactly, right? Uh, they would be foolish not to be continuing to push down this. Right now, Microsoft is the market leader, I believe, in the AR space. I don't know anybody else who's doing anything at the same scale or has as widely dispersed product as what Microsoft is selling with their HoloLens. Um, they do definitely have additional generation products in the works, and they are continuing to work on them. The question is, when are they coming? And that is a different question that I don't have the exact answer on yet. Uh, Sydney to take Sydney 2K says uh, this morning uh, something that is close to, to me geo oh, geographically. So I thought I'd ask last month, Throt.com reported that Google was threatening to pull their search engine from Australia due to proposed legislation compelling Google to pay for news stories it currently takes for free. Earlier in this week, Australian Prime Minister revealed that he had been in private conversation with Satya Nadella, Microsoft CEO, and said that Nadella was not only... Uh, Okay, so this boils down to a couple things, right? The, Google is threatening to pull their search engine from Australia. Microsoft said, hey, look, we can backfill with that. Uh, and, and Sydney says, what is your take on this? Do you think Google would take the plunge and leave? Maybe, like Google has to make a sacrificial market. They really don't want to be paying for this content because it eats directly into the revenue model, which I am personally somewhat against that they're taking content from news orgs and then not paying them for that attribution or that content. Uh, it's a slippery slope for Google. And so um, I, 
I think that they potentially could pull out of Australia, be like, look, 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 we actually can do this and we will do this. And so they, they put that as a precedence against other countries maybe doing this, which is sort of a fake threat. On the other side, Bing could absolutely step in and backfill. Like, that's not the end of the world. There's also DuckDuckGo. Um, there's a couple of other smaller search engines that will certainly eat up that market share. Will Google do it? I don't, I don't know. Um, I think they're just using it as a, a vague threat. I think they will eventually try to find a deal, but you're not just going to walk into a negotiation and say, yeah, we're going to give you everything you want. And so that is just, that is, that is it. Um, would there be a surge in VPN subscriptions? Potentially. I mean, uh, if you're really that concerned and you really need your Google search, then yeah, a VPN would be a pretty easy way to get around a potential block. Shark says, uh, given the disappointing surface sales numbers, do you think we'll see a change in strategy? I, I don't know if I would say they are disappointing, but I definitely would say they're not aspirational, right? My b barrier or metric was $2 billion. It's got to be a $2 billion quarter, and they they squeaked over that. And so it wasn't aspirational. It wasn't a $3 billion or $2.5 billion uh, quarter. Will we see a sales, a change in strategy? I, I don't know if we'll see a change, but I don't know if we're going to see anything more aggressive from Microsoft. I think they're just going to make continue to make more calculated maneuvers, continue to have their presence, but I don't know if they're going to be doing anything i don't want to say crazy because they have they just shipped the surface duo but they're going to continue on this path and they they need the see surface for microsoft is an interesting place like microsoft could quite literally just get rid of surface and their bottom line really wouldn't change like from a, a they would lose two billion in revenue but their net income would probably be just fine um they don't make a ton of money from surface so from that perspective it's more of a loss leader it's the milk at the back of the grocery store if you will they need surface to make sure that surface has or that that windows pcs have a super premium you know in appearance and, and uh marketing uber like high-end look and feel and then they'll let everybody else just backfill microsoft I, they want to be a big pc player but they definitely don't want to be the biggest pc player because i don't the, the margins are so low potentially on hardware uh and microsoft truly i don't believe ch is chasing like high-end margins anymore um with their surface stuff we can look at the pricing it's the, the pricing's fine like it's not overly high or anything else like that and so we'll see what happens with surface i don't think it's going away there was there was like an analyst that was like two years ago or last year it says wow microsoft is going to exit service business. I absolutely don't think that's the case. I really don't. They're going to continue to build out their Surface Laptop, their Surface Pro. Um, I'm hoping the Surface Book too. Surface Surface Book, not, you know what I mean, like Surface Book as well, not number two. Uh, and I think that they will continue to do what they need to do to keep their place. Um, but I wouldn't see them start coming out and then like going crazy aggressive with pricing and trying to, to grow their volume. Uh, because it, it at the end of the day, they don't, they don't survive off of surface sales. Surface sales are supplementary to the primary business of the company. Uh, NGC says, is Surface Duo still going to be released in more markets this month? I believe it might be potentially announced next week. We'll see. Um, I thought it was around like... I thought it was around like Valentine's Day, somewhere around there. So that could be like two weeks um, that they were going to announce the actual availability of that hardware in overseas market. Uh, an old Amiga user says, uh, what do you think has happened to Teams for Life? Do you think that they decided that it wouldn't just fly on a personal level or do you think, still think they're thinking about it? It seems to me that people have chosen their messaging and video chat options already. So Teams for Life, for those who aren't super familiar, is Teams, the, the business application, but for like ported over for consumers use and I think Microsoft what they were hoping is that people at work use teams and that that they then they could also uh, add a personal account a personal MSA and then also use it for their life right because they're already using the app at work why not transition it and also 
use it at home. Um, I think Microsoft may potentially have missed a boat here. And so if you remember a few weeks, it, was, it might have even been a month at this point. Remember WhatsApp came out and said, hey, we're going to share our data with Facebook. And then like everybody left. Everybody went to Signal and Telegram. I think that was Microsoft's probably potential big opportunity to grab new users. And they didn't go aggressive with their marketing. And realistically, Teams for Life, they it did get some feature updates, I believe, in November. But they're still not pushing it. It's just sort of there. It's this thing that exists only because they continue to build it out for uh, business customers customers and so it's not going it, I don't know if it'll ever go away because for it to go away all they do is just turn off MSA uh, login and just keep the, the enterprise login so I don't think it'll go away but I don't it doesn't seem like it's grabbing any serious momentum and then they're one giant opportunity uh, they completely missed so uh, Pastor Welker says uh, do you have an update about when Harman Kardon oh, what Harman Kardon invoke firmware update is going to drop I thought it was supposed to happen in January um, I'm assuming this is the final firmware update i actually do not know i should maybe look into that i'd be curious to see if microsoft missed a deadline there um and, and what was the catalyst of that and then jncb jnbck says do you see viva getting a lot of developer support uh, this is bringing it all the way back home i love it are the modules going to be like the new app store and intercompany applications so i don't know if the it's an interesting thought. Are the mo the only reason I, I say the I don't know if the modules are going to be the new application is only because they're going to be licensed separately, and so everybody may not be be deploying them. Uh, the development support I think will happen, and I think we'll see a lot of MSPs, the the guys or the the guys the the companies that are selling additional services, if you will, on top of the Microsoft 365 stack, really diving into this because this is a new potential revenue generating model for them. They build out their custom uh, Viva solutions or implementations and help these companies migrate from aging intranet to this holistic inside of Teams intranet. I think that's where we're gonna, we're gonna see the first development support and then we'll see what other services come along. The one app I really want outside of Viva uh, is honestly, I want like a, just a, a real RSS reader inside of Teams, not the ones that live inside the teams i think channels right now but like an actual like imagine like google rss reader inside of teams if anybody knows how to build one i would love to catch up with you uh and and we can figure out how to promote the heck out of that thing because i can definitely generate the noise on that side um so do i see viva getting a lot of development support i think so initially at least like i said from the big players because again this is a new revenue opportunity for these companies so uh we'll see we are in the very early days of viva that was a perfect question to bring it back home and so as always folks Keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this channel is me.